Welcome back to the Internet Computer Report. This is episode number 11, which covers censorship as it relates to the Internet Computer. So in in recent weeks from this release, we saw an all-time high in terms of Internet censorship. I mean, the President of the United States was deplatformed. We had the largest uh, big tech alternative social media or the free speech advocacy platform Parler be taken off the cloud. And so there's just been a lot of implications about how the power on the internet is is, uh, shifting. And we take a look at that first by covering some of the history of big tech antitrust and try to put in perspective how we got uh, here to a place where there are no really big tech alternatives left on the internet. Uh, Then we look at how censorship changes in a Web3 world and what Definity does about it. And then lastly, we look into some of the implications of social media and internet algorithms that lead to political polarization, and then the role Definity plays in fixing that, if at all. So I hope you guys enjoy, and let's get into it. What a crazy time that we're living in right now. We have the President of the United States being banned from Facebook, from Twitter, social media. I just can't help but think that this is the start of this web three that we were always talking about yeah it really is crazy times and and we're going to try to make sense of this and what it means for the internet more so than the politics but uh you just in the past couple weeks we've had uh the biggest pretty much enactment of censorship on social media and then we had the monopolies use the cloud which is that something that we've seen for the first time when they censored parlor and it actually means something was taken off the internet Um, something that big that was pretty much a safe haven for people who were censored on these other platforms. So we're going to talk a little bit about what this means for the internet and and where the internet computer kind of comes into this, how the Mm -hmm. game changes, because right now I don't know of any other alternatives uh, out there. So what do we... Yeah, well, we could... Well, first of all, what what happened with Parler in the first place? Because we haven't used it, but we've read about it constantly. But apparently this... What was it? Amazon Web Services that yeah, shut them down, yeah. and they tried to port to other providers, and they've also been censored. If yes. I'm not mistaken. Okay, so what is it? I know it's a right wing esque uh, yeah, Twitter. Well, that's that's how it's um, where to it come about portrayed. I, I I really haven't looked into it myself. I've just heard about it. It's for people who have been censored, and mostly because they're conservative right wing uh, on these other big tech platforms, like it's, Twitter, Facebook. It's a platform for them. So it became an echo chamber in and of itself mm-hmm. for people who you know probably have these radical ideas. And the question is more about should we be able to – like it's totally anti-free speech to be removing something from the internet regardless because mm-hmm. you have this enormous group of people um, that were victims of censorship for the first time and, and are trying to find a different place and they've been completely removed from the internet. Mm-hmm. So now there's nowhere to go and there's no alternative to this. So right, right now we're in a time where just – Big tech has unbelievable power, and people might have said in the past that the, it's the government's job to protect from monopolies um, mm-hmm. across the board, and that's some, something we always wanted to see with big tech. But when I want to have people kind of understand the gravity of what just happened, I liked, I look back and I really read into the history of as big tech was evolving, the government checks that were supposed to be put on it. And it's something as simple as... The early 2000s, the first big antitrust thing uh, came about with Microsoft. And this was actually after their big 
inter, uh, information superhighway. They were oh, going to yeah, monopolize yeah, the yeah, internet. Yeah, monopolize the internet. Yeah, but something, something even really small was that on computers, they would download their music app, and it was Windows Media Player, and you weren't able to delete it from the Windows operating system. And there was a huge pushback because that was anti-competitive. Who was pushing back? The governments? Uh, it was both the European Union. Yeah. So the whole European Union sued Microsoft, uh, as did the U.S. government. European Union won, called it anti-competitive. I, I think it kind of fizzled out like through the appeal yeah. process for the U.S. Um, but that's just how tiny, uh, like what was considered to be monopolistic behavior yeah. back then. It was, it wow. was pre-downloading and one what, app. What, what ended up ever happening with that whole issue? I think it was removed. Oh, uh, they're removing my, my, So they won in the European Union. The, the European Union beat Microsoft. Mm. And I don't know what impact that had, but Microsoft just reduced the liability. And that's what a simpler time. What a, yeah, yeah, what a simpler crazy. and better time. Yeah, <laughs> where that was the biggest. Uh, that was a big That was a huge deal. concern. And now with what's happening today with uh, this thing, it really it really asks you, like, kind of where you kind of draw the line in terms of what should be censored and all these other kind of things, right? Yeah. So yeah. Th now the even more monopolistic behavior is the fact that we have dozens of apps downloaded on whatever phone you get. So if I get, uh, I have a Samsung phone, which is, it's an, it's its own company, but every single app that's downloaded, it is on, it's a Google app and mm -hmm. I can't remove any of those. Uh, oh. So like what was considered anti-competitive with one stupid Windows media player mm -hmm. is now super, super monopolistic, uh, like Google has Samsung in their pockets. Oh, they wow. make Samsung follow aware. a bunch I'm of rules. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm tied to Apple and everything there. Yeah. Too. And Apple's its own company and it does that. So it's crazy. Like the, the government tried to fix those things, mm -hmm. but there was no alternative because if you look at Google, Google's a fork of the Android uh, code, which is an open source platform. Mm -hmm. So if they called anti-competitive behavior uh, for Google, then the, the lion's share of the users would have went to Apple, and Apple does the same thing in an even more proprietary fashion. Oh, wow. So the government has completely failed in this kind of respect. Where, so where's the power lying right now? It seems like all the power is lying in big tech, even the, <laughs> the governmental power. Well, I mean, you just walk through it, and I, I see now it's almost a joke. Yeah. I got, do you remember Mark Zuckerberg? Like, you ever watch his testimony? Oh, yeah, with all the questions uh, yeah. they were asking? Ca yeah. Cambridge Analytica, which is it's yeah. like a tiny pinprick of what actually happened, but yeah. it's what everyone talks about because it manipulated the election, mm -hmm. which is absolutely terrible. And then it spawned an FTC investigation on Facebook. And that's, I mean, these politicians who mm -hmm. sounded like they didn't even know what the internet yeah. was uh, were asking him, how do, how do you feel, Mr. Zuckerberg, if I... Knew what hotel you stayed in last night. Like, yeah. I don't know. Is there a question that they made yeah. Mark look yeah. really good? Yeah. <laughs> and now, nah, I mean, well, that's not even their expertise, and they're trying to go into a field that's way that, that that that. Well, that's that's probably one of the issues with the government is the fact that they're unable to, you know, adapt, and they have more of an older generation that's in there that's not up to date with all these other things. So they even know what kind of tough questions to ask in the first place, and then they end up falling behind because everybody's already onto these. Yeah. To the internet apps and all that. So. And so, so I was always confident that maybe some of the checks on the monopolies would come from the government, but now we're in a time where the president of the United States was just censored, and we have a Democratic president in the Democratic House that just took over, and these all the platforms. It's amazing the coordination that, like, mm -hmm. from Pinterest to YouTube to all these other tertiary platforms, all 
to, to like propagating the same agenda. Yeah. Well, and, they're all owned by, right? You have YouTube, Google, right? You have, which are the other ones? Well, Instagram is Facebook and Snap, you know, Snapchats and all these others are all kind of correlated with each other. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean, it makes, it's so interesting how the coordination is, is that intense where really everyone is so uh, against like one side. Mm-hmm. And my idea now is that everything, uh, since the government's pretty much tipped, toward, tipped scales of power towards Democrat, there is nothing left that the government could throw back at big tech mm-hmm. and big media because if they're leaning more uh, to the left side, then in one sense, there's no leverage left for the government to check their powers. Mm-hmm. Very good, um, very good point. So so where does this where does this stand for like the whole Web3? Because this is obviously massive for Web3, internet, computer, and the fact that now we're going to have another option to kind of take away from these powers and really more democratize it more so right well it's it's absolutely huge and in one sense the silver lining uh, of all this like regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum if Mm -hmm. you're a free speech advocate is that some of the systems that are being built can't be taken away and now there's huge demand for them so web3 uh if you were to build a social media platform on ethereum you can never be taken down but you can never build a social map uh, social media platform on ethereum because it wouldn't scale Mm-hmm. So we're still looking for alternatives to that, and, and we've seen some like Steemit, which yeah, from back in 2014, 15. Yeah, that kind of fizzled out. Yeah, that 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 was at that the EOS current that Dan Larimer he abandoned that project. Now we just abandoned another one. So yeah, there's been so many, so many so many attempts yeah, and attempts failures. Yeah, really um, but ICP is uh, Internet Computer is going to be building open social. Uh, lots of versions of it. We've already seen the TikTok version, which mm-hmm. isn't, you know, a great way to be spreading information because it's a TikTok copycat yeah. and it's just like kids, cat, cat videos, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, got a link, they got a LinkedIn. They got a decentralized they got a LinkedIn. LinkedIn. They have a number of other things. Uh, did, they, did they make a Facebook kind of style if they did? Like a decentralized Facebook or a D-book, I think it was called, decentralized book? Maybe. 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 We yeah, haven't seen these things out, in action yeah. yet, but yeah. uh, they're not that hard to make. Yeah. So, far. so what are the benefits uh, you know, for this and, you know, and what kind of risks can we still see from? Well, I don't think censorship's going away. I think it's just, I think it's just changing. So in the current internet, it's decided by uh, a few people in power at, the, at these tech CEOs, companies. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg or yeah. like whoever it is. And the point of ICP is to use a governance mechanism that distributes this power across all the token holders. Mm-hmm. So there's still going to be censorship. It's just going to come in the form of governance or a governance mechanism. Yeah. And that's where it becomes really important to make sure the parameters of the governance are sufficient, like sufficiently upholding free speech. Mm-hmm. And you get to really difficult situations. Like I, I think Dom brings up assassination markets in the original governance paper like this, uh, porno, like child pornography or mm-hmm. things that we immediately want to revoke yeah. from the internet computer. Yeah, yeah terrible. But things, it yeah. becomes really hard to draw the line. Yeah. Because yeah, because yeah, because yeah, that's well, that's the toughest. Where do you draw the line in terms of? Because obviously, there's there's a number of things that we can all agree on, but depending on where you kind of grew up, your passions, and where you're passionate about, maybe we have different things, and not everybody thinks the same. So, like, at what point? And you know, I, there's people that I'm very good friends with, and you know, maybe we have different, you know, inconsistencies in our thing. We might be very similar in a lot of ways, but some, you know, we tend to maybe feel more strongly about something than others. Um, and it's really, yeah. yeah, that's one of the issues. It's, it, it's huge. In, in big tech now, we don't have any consistency in, in the parameters. Like the terms and conditions are ambiguous. It's almost as if 
the community guidelines that are used and the fact checkers that create these things are, are something uh, out there in the ether that could change their rules at any given moment. Mm-hmm. There's no objectivity in the parameters which they use to censor. And that's across the board. So, I mean, it's what I, one of my biggest fears when it comes to the internet computer is that right now the concentration of tokens is within you know the few people that were in it early and the wealthy people and all the, the like when you have any conglomeration of people into one common mission mm-hmm. they have a shared value system and that's something that aligns almost across the board and it's if people didn't agree with that they might they might have not gone in if they didn't share that value system so yeah. What I think about is all the power, even though if it's concentrated or separated across hundreds of people, there are still hundreds of early people that share a similar value system. Mm-hmm. And the internet that they're creating is hopefully going to scale to millions and perhaps billions of people that are incumbents, like like farmers or people who worked in yeah. like oil companies, like mm-hmm. legacy things, bankers, all mm-hmm. these things that were... Not, no way affiliated with Definity early on. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't have been. They just wouldn't have heard of it. Uh, that's the only internet they're going to have access to. And I do worry that if the value systems of people that didn't have an opportunity to get in on early because they're not involved in tech, if they differ too much, uh, then that might create a lot of friction that overcomes pretty much this, uh, like various groups. And then we'll have a division of the internet that we see and today. That's, that's, yeah, and we're going to have the division that we have in real life in the internet where the internet should be hopefully more of a world where we can kind of see more everybody's kind of point of view Uh, that's the kind of internet we would like to see right we'd like to see an area where we could have one person's point of view another person's in differing we can make our own judgments and share i think it's kind of terrible to have your internet stream be just all one-sided oh even the news media i want my news to be half a diverse i want to hear what somebody's thought processes is for one and another, even if there are different views, you know, cause I think we both, both of us, we tend to fall on somewhere in the middle of the spectrum where we kind of appreciate both sides of, we know what things have. So I think that, and that's what makes you well-rounded is by seeing a little bit of everything and it, and you know, it's a, it's a positive. One of the good things I really liked, I was actually concerned cause uh, one of the members of Definity had made a comment, something about that they would immediately love to, they would personally like to censor parlor. I was taken aback by it, uh, you know, that, you know, like Rex, their immediate reaction is to censor something that, you know, it's, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, again, it's where you draw the line, but um, it's not really hurting anybody directly, you know, with some of, you know, maybe somebody has different thoughts on it, but it's not hurting anybody directly. So it was a little bit of a concern, but then Dominic Williams, he comes out and he says, it's, uh, it's appalling that they're going to be deleting and censoring parlor and i like that the ceo stepped up and despite the fact that he's you know he, he he i think he's pretty open that he's not you know um as he calls it he calls himself not maga uh he still <laughs> came out and he said that people do deserve the right to free speech and to censor him for something that isn't doing direct harm is overstepping the bounds so i like that he made a stance on twitter he made it clear that you know his kind of vision you know, should be for open for everybody. So I thought that was very important. Yeah. And and one final thing, it's it's like, it's ab- I think everyone could agree that it's absolutely atrocious if we're going to split uh, a two-party system and each have them 
use their own media outlets. It's uh, like, how are you ever going to become more open-minded? It's, it's a disservice it's to, to humanity. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. going to, you're going to end yourself into echo chambers. And I, yeah. uh, I've really been digging into the, the big tech algorithms. It's pretty clear. If you like, you watch the social dilemma, the purpose of them and the reason we see political polarization, or at least there's a strong correlation with the growth of big tech is that the algorithms are designed well, pretty much to elicit a reaction. And the strongest human reaction that we have being humans is the release of cortisol, which comes from aggression and anger and fear. And those are pretty much whenever you see things that are, are, are I, I guess, something that's going to incite a reaction from mm. you, it's highly political. Mm. And it highly differentiates from something you'd be comfortable with. And these algorithms continually drive you into wow. whatever more and more, uh, like what deeper philosophies that yeah. you're going to be ending up in. This was so, the social dilemma they actually spoke about. Uh, these yeah, 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 yeah. That's brilliant. They map it out. If you take uh, surveys of mm -hmm. the like people who are Democrat or Republican, and you ask them like what views they'd be able to compromise on, and you look that over years and years, mm -hmm. and you'll see how farly po like polarized Democrats hate Republicans, uh, Republicans hate Democrats. That's crazy. And the only variable we have yeah. uh, that changed from in the 20th century, like if you date that back 100 yeah. years, yeah. is that everyone is instead of getting their news from a newspaper or the president speaking yeah. to them directly or talking to their friends, which are dispersed across many groups. It's you have algorithms that are deciding which of the billions of people that are on social media are going to be fed to you. Wow, that's and incredible. All, and, so it's all subconscious, yeah. really, at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, so if you don't see eye to eye with somebody, it could just be simply the fact that they're just exposed through these algorithms to different information than somebody else. Exactly. And, and they, that people is crazy. have, that's, have no that idea. Is, that is a big. That is a. That's massive. Wow, what a disaster. Yeah. That and that's what's in the for that's what's dividing this entire country and this entire world rather yeah and yeah. and the way the internet computer fixes that by yeah. the way is that is that um the underlying smart contracts of any subnet or platform so let's say if there's an open social the algorithms that determine what you're going to see are going to be uh, like available to the public mm -hmm. hopefully if the community Great. if the community maintains that that's what they want which yeah. they absolutely should mm -hmm. and then you'll see that, that like hopefully there won't be biases that drive you towards an increasingly radical perspective mm -hmm. on whatever views you're, mm -hmm. you're coming across i want in in the in what's the benefit for social media to kind of exploit these like the like the googles and other stuff how are they benefiting exactly from you know having this division Incre increased engagement uh oh, oh from oh by oh the increased engagement from inciting exactly anger. exactly wow. it's based so, on so they're, psycho so, psychological so the day, principles it's, the, it's their numbers at the end of the day that they're getting yeah so how long can you keep someone engaged if you keep if you wow. get someone in an emotional state and yeah. you're, like they're more vulnerable they're uh like more likely to or more impressionable yeah. rather and that's what the, like, so the advertisements after, come in. It it's goes sick. after the emotional state. That is, that is wild. Sick. So what, I know this is kind of going, now we're going off of uh, the topic. Yeah, the, we're really passionate about this. Yeah, that's, so. really, that's really interesting. So it goes, so you have a, so inciting anger, I guess like sympathy and other kind of things, they'll try to tailor something for you. Yeah. For that. That's, and that's and to say, I mean, the internet computer is not going to be perfect in that regard. Mm -hmm. Like one of the problems that has to do with social media is just the pure addictiveness of the user interfaces. Mm -hmm. And the internet computer systems are designed to be more addictive. Like tokenization added into that. The fact that you could get tokens and maybe earn yeah, money from watching these videos. These are ways to make things more addictive. And that's the paradigm shift that's going to get wow. network effects so if you want to get users from Facebook, you better be more addictive than yeah, Facebook. Yeah. So it's like but, but, there's but so many things to balance yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. 
I would rather have a platform be more addictive, uh, like through tokenization, because you can make money from it, mm. but have it less uh, polarizing, rather. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, Interesting. So these are the trade-offs we got to find. And yeah. The beauty of it is that hopefully it'll be available for more people to decide. It won't be one CEO that's and and a group of shareholders. More, it gives us more options. Yeah. It's more options. It's a step in the right direction to kind of escape that. That's a, it's a really interesting route. Yeah. Terrific. So that'll be ICP, yeah. and, and a lot of the issues that we spoke about each deserve their own video. Uh, but as we get more information from the Definity Foundation, yeah. technical releases, we'll dig into more of what this means uh, moving forward. Incredible. It was awesome. Very good. Yeah.